1: Welcome to the Old Time Radio Westerns. I'm your host, Andrew Rines, and let's get into this episode. This episode is going to be Challenged of the Yukon. Original air dates November 17th, 1950, and the title is The Tell-A-Tale Knife. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?
0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: Now, as gunshots echo across the wind swept snow-covered reaches of the wild northwest, Quaker puffed wheat yeah. and Quaker puffed rice, yeah. the breakfast cereals shot from guns yeah. Yeah. present the challenge of the Yukon. <laughs> It's Yukon King, swiftest and strongest lead dog of the Northwest, blazing the trail for Sergeant Preston of the Northwest Mounted Police in his relentless pursuit of lawbreakers. And King, on you husky! Gold, gold discovered in the Yukon. A stampede to the Klondike in the wild race for riches. Back to the days of the gold rush. With Quaker-popped wheat and Quaker-popped rice... Bringing you the adventures of Sergeant Preston and his Wonder Dog, Yukon King, as they meet the challenge of the Yukon. Open it up. Start pouring. More. More. Mmm, that's fine. Yep, ask Mom to pour you out a heaping bowl full of Quaker puffed rice or Quaker puffed wheat every morning. And I mean heaping, because it's so deliciously crisp and tender, so full of swell, natural, nut-like flavor. Just top it with milk or cream and fruit and go to it. For breakfast, you just can't beat Quaker puffed rice or Quaker puffed wheat. Dave Wyatt was just finishing supper when he heard the sound of a dog team arriving outside his cabin. There must be Les getting back from town. A moment later, the door burst open and his brother Les staggered into the cabin with his face haggard and wild. About time you were getting back. Hey, what's the matter with you? I'm in trouble, Dave. Trouble? What are you talking about? I just killed a man. What?
2: What's that? I said I just killed a man. Who was it? Milo Perth. The old money lender? That's right. you got to help me, Dave. If you don't, the monies will get me. I'll hang. I'll hang for money. Shut me. up and sit down. <laughs> now, with the love of Mike, get hold of yourself. Tell me what happened. <laughs> I didn't mean to kill him. I swear I didn't. It was an accident. I said, get hold I of didn't yourself. Mean it. You've got to stop this hysterical babbling and tell me what happened. <laughs> All right, Dave. You're right. have got to calm down. I'll tell you the whole story. It was like this, Dave. Milo Perth was dunning me for money. You owed him money? Over a thousand dollars. Which you borrowed to pay off more of your gambling debts, I suppose. Don't fly off the handle, Dave. Why couldn't you come to me if you needed money? I was afraid to. Last time I got money from you, you said you'd never settle another gambling debt for me again. You said next time I'd just have to face the consequences. All right, go on with your story. I was supposed to pay Milo back three days ago, but I couldn't raise the money, Dave. He said if I didn't get it by tonight, he was going to make trouble. I went to his cabin tonight. I thought I could reason with him, but he got nasty. And what? Lost my temper. Grabbed him by the throat. He started to fight back, tried to pull a gun on me. So I... I stabbed him. You crazy fool. I know, I know, Dave. But I didn't mean to. I lost my head. You gotta help me, Dave. Help you? That's all I've been doing ever since you were a kid, pulling you out of one scrape after another. Well, this time you've gone too far. Dave, Dave, don't say that. You can't let me down. If you don't help me, I'll hang for a murder. I'll hang. Do you understand what that means? It's no more than you deserve, is it? Heaven's name, Dave, don't talk like that.
3: Think what it, what it would do to Mother.
2: Yeah. It's just what I am thinking. You were always her pet, her favorite. She spent more time worrying over you than she did over all the rest of us. I'm weak, Dave, I admit it. That's why she told you to look out for me up here in the Yukon. If I were to hang for murder, the shock would kill her. you got to save me, Dave. All right, I'll stand by you. What is it you want me to do? Go back to Milo Purse's cabin. Go back to his cabin? What for? To get the knife I stabbed him with. Why is that so important? It was your knife, Dave. Oh, my knife? That's right. The one with your name carved on the handle. You dirty I didn't do d- it on purpose, Dave. I just happened to grab it before I went to town. I thought maybe I could throw a scare into the old miser. Why didn't you take the knife with you when you left? I tell you, I lost my head. I went all to pieces. I had to get away from there fast. That's all I could think of. All right, never mind the excuses. Dave, there's something else you've got to get at the cabin. What is it? The paper he made me sign when I borrowed the money from him. It tells when the money's due. If the police got hold of that and found out I didn't pay him back on time, they're bound to suspect me. He probably keeps it in a safe. No, he has no safe. Keeps all his papers and valuables hidden somewhere around the cabin. All right, we'll try to find it. Oh, not we. Huh? you will have to go alone. Alone? What about you? I can't go back there and look at him. Dave, I can't. Don't ask me to do it. Yeah, maybe you're right at that. You'd probably go to pieces and start screaming. Now look, Dave. If you do this for me, I... I swear I'll never go wrong again. How many times have I heard that from This time I mean it. Well, you'd better. Because this is the last scrape I'm going to pull you out of. After this, I'm through with you.
3: Dave put on his parka and mucklucks and prepared to leave. His brother Les followed him to the door.
2: Do you know where Milo's cabin is located? Yeah, I know, on the north edge of town. Yeah, that's right. Good luck, Dave. I may need it. All right, line the team, Buck. <laughs> nice. Nice, your husky.
3: For several minutes, Les stood in the open doorway of the cabin. He waited till Dave had disappeared down the trail. And then he gave a low whistle. A moment later, the figure of a man emerged from a thick grove of trees nearby. As he approached the cabin, the light from the open doorway revealed his bearded, shifty-looking face. His name was Ben Scobie.
2: Well, how'd you make out, Les? I put on my act, and he fell for it. Hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> I better, I got to hand it to you. You were taking a mighty big chance. I wasn't taking any chance at all, Ben. I knew he wouldn't be able to resist that sob stuff about Mother. So he fell right into your trap. That's right. All right, you know what to do next. Sure. I'll hightail it back to town, pass the word to the Mounties. Right. You're sure Dave will still be there at the cabin by the time the redcoats show up? And... Sure. Sure, I told him to look for a certain paper. Paper happens to be right here in my pocket, but he doesn't know it. you will be busy there for quite a while. <laughs> He's as good as convicted right now. And when he's out of the way, I'll take over this claim of his. And, uh, that's not all. Huh? What do you mean? Maybe that gal that's a sweet on Dave will be willing to marry you after he hangs for murder. Huh? Never mind that. You're getting paid for your part in the deal, and that's all that concerns sure, you. Sure, sure. I'm not complaining. All right, then. Get back to town and be quick about it.
3: Ben Scobie returned to Dawson City and went straight to Mounted Police Headquarters. Sergeant Preston was on duty in the office with the great dog, King, curled up beside his desk. Sergeant, you've got to come quick. What's wrong?
2: Milo Purse been murdered. Tell me about it before I got my target. I just now came from his cabin. I went there to see him. I wanted to borrow some money from him. Go on, what happened? Well, when I got there, as I passed the wind, I could see a man inside. It seemed to me he was acting kind of funny. What do you mean? Well, he was poking all around, as so though he was searching for something. That made me suspicious, so I went closer to the window and peeked in. And saw what? Milo Perth lying on the floor with a knife in his chest. Who was the man? Do you recognize him? Yeah.
4: It was Dave Wyatt. Dave Wyatt? Come on, King, let's go.
3: <laughs> a short time later, the sergeant and Ben arrived in Milo Perth's cabin at the edge of town. Before entering, they peered through the window. My thunder is still there. Yes, so I see. He's in for a shot when I open the door.
4: Get your hands up, Dave.
2: Sergeant Prest.
4: Put your hands up high and walk toward me.
2: I know what you're thinking, Sergeant, but you're wrong. I didn't kill him.
4: I'll hear your story later. Turn around and hold out your hands. All right. Watch him, King, while I snap on these handcuffs.
2: How did you happen to come here? Because I saw you through the window and went and got him. That's why you're murdering coyote.
4: All right. Now tell me what happened.
3: I've already
2: told you. I didn't kill him.
4: I haven't accused you of murder yet. I asked you to tell me what happened.
2: I came here and found him dead. Why did you come here? That's my business.
4: What were you searching for? You're making a mistake, Dave.
2: I have nothing more to say.
4: All right. Watch him, King.
2: What are you gonna do now, Sergeant?
4: Take a look at the body. Ben, you said you saw the knife in the dead man's chest when you looked through the window.
2: I did. Wyatt must have pulled it out after I went to get you.
4: In that case, he should still have it on him.
2: Sure. Go ahead and search him. I reckon you'll find it.
4: Stand still, Dave. Yes. There's a knife, all right.
2: That's it. That's the one I saw. I can
4: tell by the shape of the hilt. The blade's been white, but not quite enough. still traces of blood up close to the hilt here. I swear I'm innocent. Sorry, Dave. I'm arresting you in the name of the crown for the murder of Milo Perth.
3: We'll continue our adventure in just a moment. Say, fellas and girls, if you could climb the Klondike Mountain that's up there along the Yukon Trail that Sergeant Preston travels, it would be fun to listen to the echo of your voice. Like this yoli. Odie! Odie! Or like this Quaker pop rice! Quaker pop wheat! Shot from gun! Hey, am I dreaming? You're no echo. I am, too. Why, an echo always calls back the same words. Oh, it's tiresome to keep
2: saying what other people say.
3: Well, I I suppose it would get monotonous.
2: Now, if I could eat what other
3: people eat. Well, I take it you already know that Quaker Popped Wheat and Quaker Popped Rice are the famous ready to serve cereals shot from guns. Naturally. And Echo hears about them all the time. Oh, they're famous. It seems like everyone loves Quaker puffed rice and Quaker puffed wheat because they're so crisp, so nut-like in flavor, and downright delicious tasting. Mm -hmm. Makes my mouth water. And when you top those giant-sized grains of wheat or rice with milk or cream and fruit, it's a dish fit for a king. Man, oh man, I could go for a heap and bowlful. That's how millions feel about Quaker puffed rice and Quaker puffed wheat. And, fellas and girls, they're good for you. Furnish extra food values of restored natural grain amounts of vitamin B1, niacin, and iron. So for the nourishing breakfast that's a delicious treat help yourself to Quaker puffed rice and Quaker puffed wheat. Now to continue. On the morning after Dave Wyatt's arrest, his brother Les went to the Monte Carlo Cafe to see a singer named Joy Moore, who was Dave's fiancée.
2: Joy, I don't suppose you've heard the news yet.
0: The news? About what?
2: Dave has been arrested for murder.
0: Uh, Murder?
2: He killed Milo Perth last night at the old man's cabin.
0: I I don't believe it. I'm
2: afraid it's true, Joy. Sergeant Preston caught him practically red-handed. He found Dave in the cabin searching for something, and Dave had the murder knife in his pocket.
0: Oh, but that's impossible. Dave wouldn't commit murder.
2: I know, I know. I couldn't believe it either. As far as I'm concerned, Dave is the swellest guy in the world. He's been a wonderful brother to me. But, well, what about the evidence?
0: Well, there must be some explanation. What does Dave say?
2: Nothing. He won't talk. I hate to say it, Joy, but I'm afraid it's because there's no explanation he can give.
0: What do you mean?
2: Well, I didn't tell this to the police, but when Dave left the cabin yesterday evening, he was all steamed up. He took his knife with him. He muttered something about having a showdown with Milo Perth. Frankly, I, I think he went to Purse cabin fully prepared to kill him.
0: Oh, I, I still don't believe it. I'm going over to the jail and talk to Dave right now.
3: A short time later, Sergeant Preston escorted Joy through the corridor of the jail to Dave's cell.
0: Perhaps he'll talk to me, Sergeant, even though he won't talk to the police.
3: I certainly hope so, Joy. If you
4: persuade him to give some explanation, I'll do everything in my power to help prove him innocent. Here's his cell right here.
2: Joy!
0: Dave!
4: You may visit for ten minutes, Joy. The jailer will notify you when your time's up.
0: Thank you, Sergeant.
2: How did you find out about... about my being here?
0: Les came to the cafe and told me.
2: I suppose you've heard the whole story.
0: I've heard it, yes, but I don't believe it. Tell me the truth, Dave. Did you kill Milo Perth?
2: No, I swear I didn't.
0: Thank heavens for that. I knew you were innocent.
2: I'm glad you have faith in me, Joy. Unfortunately, the Mounties aren't quite so trustful.
0: Well, then why don't you tell them what you were doing at the cabin? If you'd only give them the true explanation, perhaps they could catch the real murderer.
2: No, I... I can't explain. It's out of the question.
0: But that's insane, Dave. If you don't, you'll... You'll hang for murder.
2: Take it easy, Joy. Take it easy. After all, I'm no killer. I have friends who can testify to my character. Besides, what motive would I have for killing Perth? Who knows? Maybe a jury won't convict me after
0: all. Oh, you don't believe that any more than I do.
2: We'll just have to wait and see.
0: Then you, you won't lift a finger to defend yourself?
2: I'll say this much, Joy. The Mounties know that I was searching for something in Milo Perth's cabin. If they ever get their hands on it, they may figure out the real solution and decide that I'm innocent. Otherwise, I... Intend to take my chances in front of a jury.
3: When Joy's visit with Dave was over, she went back to Mounted Police Headquarters to speak with Sergeant Preston. Did you persuade him to talk?
0: No. He absolutely refuses to explain what he was doing at Milo Perth's cabin.
4: Well, he'll need to explain more than that. What do you mean? That's the fact that Perth was killed with Dave's knife.
0: Then you think he's guilty, too.
4: I didn't say that, Joy, but facts are facts. Unless we can find some other explanation to fit them, I'm afraid Dave's certain to be convicted.
0: He said one thing that might be a clue.
4: Huh? What was that?
0: Well, you know that he was searching for something in Milo Perth's cabin when you found him.
4: Yes, but I don't know for what.
0: Well, Dave said that if you, Mawnies, ever got your hands on it, you might figure out the real solution to decide that he was innocent.
4: Oh? Huh? We've already found the place where Perth had his valuables hidden. However, we found nothing that connects with Dave in any way.
0: Oh, but, Sergeant, there must be something in the cabin that'll prove his innocence.
4: All right, we'll search the cabin again, and I promise you, if there's any clue there, we'll find it. That afternoon,
3: the sergeant made a thorough search of Nilo Purse's cabin with the help of a police constable. But they failed to discover anything that might shed further light on Dave Wyatt's motives. The following day, Joy Moore came to Mounted Police Headquarters to learn the results of the sergeant's search.
0: Did you find anything at Milo's cabin, Sergeant?
3: No, Joy. We searched the place thoroughly,
4: right down to the bare boards, and I'm sure there's nothing there that has any bearing on this murder case.
0: But there's no doubt that Dave was searching for something. There must be some clue you've overlooked.
4: I'm afraid the only person who can help us find that clue is Dave himself, and he still refuses to talk.
0: Sergeant, you've got to find out the truth. You... You can't let an innocent man hang.
4: I have a plan that might help us discover whether or not Dave's guilty, though, frankly, I'm not at all sure it'll work.
0: Oh, please, tell me what it is.
4: Well, as long as Dave's behind bars, it's not likely we'll learn any more than we know right now. But if he were to escape from jail... Escape? That's right. If he were to escape from jail, his actions might provide a clue.
0: Why, you mean you, you might let Dave escape on purpose?
3: Now, here's what I have in mind. Suppose you were to go to Dave... And... As Sergeant Preston explained his plan, Joy's face was troubled as she realized that it might only serve to draw the noose tighter around Dave's neck. But she also realized that it offered the only hope of proving his innocence. Finally, she agreed to play the part which the sergeant had assigned her. A short time later at the jail, Dave looked up as Sergeant Preston and Joy approached the door of his cell.
2: Joy!
0: Hello, Dave.
2: Ten minutes, same as last
3: time.
0: All right, Sergeant.
2: Gosh, it's nice for you to come and see me again, honey, but... What's the matter?
0: Oh, listen, Dave. For the last time, won't you please talk to the police and tell them what's behind all this?
2: I've already told you that's out of the question.
0: All right, then. If you won't try to clear yourself, at least save your life. What do you mean? Here, take this. Gun. Sh- shove it under your mattress, quick.
2: All right. What's the idea?
0: What do you suppose?
2: You want me to break jail?
0: I don't want you to hang.
2: If I do gun my way out of here... The gun isn't
0: loaded. You can just bluff the jailer.
2: Even so, if I break jail, it'll be taken as an admission of guilt. It'll ruin any chance I have of convincing a jury that I'm innocent.
0: Don't you realize you have no chance of doing that, Dave? You should read the newspapers. It's taken for granted that you're guilty. If your case ever comes to trial, you're certain to be convicted.
2: Maybe I'm wrong, but... I don't think Sergeant Preston really believes I'm guilty.
0: Well, he... he didn't at first. He was reserving judgment until he found whatever you were searching for at the cabin. Well? Yesterday, he and a constable ransacked Milo's cabin. They went through his papers and everything else. And, Dave, they found absolutely nothing that might offer some other explanation of the murder. So, well, now he's convinced you're guilty.
2: You're sure of that?
0: Positive. Escaping from here is the only way you can save yourself.
2: All right, I'll do it. I'll break out tonight.
3: At eight o'clock that night, there was a change of guard at the jail, and the oncoming jailer made a round of inspection. As Dave Wyatt heard him approaching, he quickly sprawled face downward on the floor of the cell, as though he were unconscious. In his right hand, hidden beneath his body, he held the gun which Joy had brought him.
2: Hey Wyatt, Wyatt, what's reach, the matter? Reach, money. Alisman uh, Wyatt. I said reach. And don't try calling for help unless you want me to pull this trigger. Now come close to the bars. Keep them way up high while I take your gun. That's better. Now unlock the door. You're making a big mistake, Wyatt. By saving myself from the hangman? (laughs) Go on, unlock the door and be quick about it. All right, inside and lie face down on the floor. Now then I'm going to tie you up and gag you with strips of bedding. And you'd better not try any false moves while I'm doing it. It'll be the
3: last move you ever make. Later, that same night, Ben Scobie was visiting Les at the Wyatt's cabin. As the two men sat drinking at the table, they discussed the latest developments in the situation.
2: Uh, ben, trial's been set for next Monday. Yeah, so I heard. <laughs> It'll take a miracle to save him after the way you framed him. Uh, the knife alone will be enough to convict him. Well, just don't forget that thousand bucks is coming to me soon as you take over your brother's claim. Don't worry, Ben. You'll get paid off. Are you leaving? Yeah. Better be heading back to town.
3: Scobie put on his parka and left the cabin. A few moments later, Les looked up with a start as the cabin door burst open. Dave! How did you get
2: here? I broke out of jail. Oh, yeah, but... I mean, how'd you manage? Never mind that. Since when have you and Ben Scobie been such close pals? What are you talking about? You know what I'm talking about. I saw him leave the cabin just now, not to mention the bottle and glasses sitting there on the table. Why, I've known Ben for a long time. Yeah? And maybe you also know that he was the gent who turned me into the Mounties. As a matter of fact, that's why he came here, Dave. He he wanted to know if I could offer any other explanation of what you were doing at Miles' cabin. So you poured him a drink and got real chummy with him. Well, I was trying to convince him you were innocent. I thought it might help out at the trial to have him on our side. After all, Ben knows what sort of a guy you are. He knows you're no killer. Last time I saw him, he called me a murdering coyote. Well, appearances were against you, Dave. He's changed his mind. Don't give me that. Dave, what's gotten into you? You're acting as though you suspect me or something. I'm beginning to suspect plenty. What do you mean? You told me Milo had a paper you'd signed at the time you borrowed the money from him. Well? The he searched his cabin thoroughly, trying to find whatever I was looking for. If there'd been any such paper, they would have found it. How do you know they didn't? Because Sergeant Preston told Joy they found nothing that had any bearing on the murder. Oh, he did, huh? That's right. And now that I find you're so chummy with Ben, Scopey, I'm beginning to wonder if maybe you haven't framed me from start to finish. Now, look, Dave. Before you go jumping to any conclusions, let me show you something. It'll change your mind. What are you talking about? I'm talking about this gun. Well, you did... Take your hands right where they are, Dave. So you did frame me. Sure, I framed you. I killed my Perth with your knife and sent you back to his cabin on a fool's errand. And I fixed it up with Scobie to tip off the money so you'd be caught red-handed. And to think I was willing to face a murder rap just to save your neck from a noose. My own brother. Yeah. Yeah, you're good for nothing, brother. The black sheep who always had it rubbed into him what a fine, upstanding young man you were. Well, maybe the folks back home will change their minds when they hear how you broke jail to keep from hanging for murder. What do you think you're going to do? I'm going to kill you, Dave. And then I'm going to dispose of your body someplace where no one will ever find it. Stop that gun! By pressing, you won't get... (laughs) You shot the gun right out of his
4: hand. Yes, and if he makes any more false moves, I'll shoot to kill.
2: Stand right where you are, Les. How did you get here?
4: I trailed Dave here from the jail. trailed me? Yes, Dave. I arranged with Joy to give you that gun and talk you into staging a jailbreak.
2: But in heaven's name, why?
4: Because you wouldn't talk, Dave. I figured that if you were to escape from jail, I might learn the truth behind the murder. And as it turned out, that's exactly what happened. Then and,
2: and you know that Les killed Milo Perth.
4: Yes, Dave, I was listening outside the window and heard the whole story.
2: Rich, Preston! Scobie! Yeah, just in the nick of time from the looks of things. Well, Scobie, if I ever saw a welcome face, yours is it. How'd you happen to show up? Well, I got a ways down the trail and realized I left my tobacco behind. So I came back to get it. Then I spotted Preston listening outside your window. So I figured something was up. You figured right, Ben. He and Dave are wise of the whole deal. What are we going to do with them? Get rid of them both, permanently. That's kind of risky, don't you think? Not the way we'll work it. You see, Dave got hold of a gun and broke jail. So we'll claim he put up a fight when Preston showed up and they both got shot. (laughs) Good enough. All right, Ben, keep him covered while I get Preston's gun. Sure, go ahead.
3: King had been too far away from the door to attack Scobie when the crook entered.
2: Don't move, buddy.
3: But now as Scobie and Les had their attention focused on their intended victims, he moved cautiously toward the man holding the gun... Suddenly, the great dog sprang. Hey, hey, Scobie's no! gun went off, but the bullet plowed into the ceiling as King seized his gun arm. Look out, Sergeant! No, you don't! The man's fist caught Les full in the face, and before he could recover, the Sergeant had followed it up with a flurry of rights and oh. left. Like... Oh, don't,
2: don't hit me
4: again, oh. I give up. On your feet, then, and get over against that wall with your hands up. Help, oh, help! Oh, get this
2: dog off me! Get his gun, Dave. Right. I have it, Sergeant.
4: All right, King. Let him up now, boy. I have him covered.
2: Ah, oh, that was a close call. If it hadn't been for King...
4: Yes, if it hadn't been for King, Dave, we might both be dead by now. But as it is, we've caught the real killer, and this case is closed.
3: In just a moment, we'll give you a preview of Monday's adventure. The Wrong Map. B. A-L-U-E. Value. Yes, it spells value for the whole family. When there's Quaker puffed wheat or Quaker puffed rice on the breakfast table, it's the economical deluxe breakfast treat for the whole family, served with milk or cream and luscious fruit. Only choice premium grains are good enough for Quaker puffed wheat and Quaker puffed rice. And these king size kernels are shot from guns actually exploded up to eight times normal size to make them extra crisp and tender. When it comes to food value, every bowlful of delicious Quaker puffed rice and Quaker puffed wheat gives the whole family extra food values of restored natural grain amounts of vitamin B1, niacin, and iron. You get safeguarded value. Every bit of the nourishing goodness and fresh nut-like flavor is protected by the sealed inner lining in the big red and blue Quaker packages. That lining in these fine modern packages serves to doubly protect the flavor and crispness until the moment you pour it into a bowl. That's why Quaker puffed wheat or Quaker puffed rice is never sold in bags or bulk. Tomorrow, get both delicious kinds and be sure the smiling picture of the Quaker man is on each package. And now, in the private office of a crooked mine broker named Cass Hinckley, a man named Flint Parker is speaking.
2: Hinckley, how would you like to get in on the ground floor of a new gold strike? <laughs> I'd like that real well, Parker. Real well. As who wouldn't? All right, here's the dope. A young mining engineer named Gil Dryden has made a valuable strike somewhere in the mountains. He's brought back ore samples to prove it. He's drawn a map showing the location of the strike. Keep talking. He's staying at the Victoria Hotel. If your men can break into his room tonight, they can get a hold of that map. (laughs) They'll do it, all right. That map will be in my hands before morning.
3: Yes, a valuable gold map is at stake, and thieves are out to get possession of it. When Sergeant Preston enters the picture, he'll be facing plenty of trouble and possible death at the hands of ruthless gunmen. Be sure to hear this exciting adventure Monday. These radio dramas, a feature of the Challenge of the Yukon Incorporated, are created by George W. Trendle, produced by Trendle Campbell Enterprises, directed by Fred Flowerday, and edited by Fran Stryker. The part of Sergeant Preston is played by Paul Sutton. They are brought to you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the same time by Quaker-popped wheat and Quaker-popped rice. The breakfast cereal shot from guns. For a delicious hot breakfast, eat Quaker Oats. The giant of the cereals is Quaker Oats. Delicious, nutritious, makes you feel ambitious. The giant of the cereals is Quaker Oats. Say, boys and girls, do you want to be a star someday in sports and activities? Then start on good Quaker Oats breakfast tomorrow. Because nourishing oatmeal gives you more growth and endurance than any other whole grain cereal. Remember, Quaker and Mother's Oats are the same. This is J. Michael wishing you goodbye, good luck, and good health From Quaker Popped Wheat and Quaker Popped Rice. So long. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.